Hey, it's Miles here. And before the show starts, uh, many of you have been curious about the work that I get to be a part of at, at Onsite. And so I just wanted to give you a glimpse into who we are. Onsite is, is known as a worldwide leader in the personal growth and therapeutic workshop space. We're just fortunate to work with an incredible team that creates life-changing experiences that assist individuals and families and couples into becoming more self-aware, empathetic, compassionate, and, and resilient, and just overall raising our emotional intelligence so that we can become better versions of ourselves and enhance our relationships. So whether you're feeling burnout or life just seems a little out of balance, or whether you're trying to overcome some adverse circumstances that you experienced along the way, we've got some really cool workshops uh, that we offer year round that we'd love for you to learn more about. And we also help stay plugged in and get you resourced for counseling and other great resources in your area as well. If you want to know more about us, check out onsiteworkshops.com or you can find us on our socials at at onsiteworkshops. When you need help and you feel like you need to reach out to someone, please do because I, I didn't really do that. And I, I have an amazing relationship with my parents and they were so helpful, but I didn't tell them a lot of what I was going through. And it mm. led me to a really, really dark place that I wish I could have told myself to ask for help, to know that this is just one chapter of your story. Mm. There's so much ahead of you and that you're gonna be okay. Hey guys, I'm Miles. And I'm Ruthie. And welcome to the Unspoken Podcast, where we believe that saying the unsaid may be the hardest, but one of the most important things we can ever do. Yes, our authentic self is the best gift that we have to offer this world. But sadly, we live in this culture that tells us that we should hide it. So we would love for you to join us and listen along. And we hope that you might find connection and healing in the courage that no important words go unspoken. Make up fake love, make them all laugh Someone, someone, take off your mask It's nice to me Today on the podcast, we welcome Lauren Paul, director, writer, and co-founder of The Kind Campaign, an internationally recognized nonprofit organization that brings awareness and healing to the negative and lasting effects of girl-against-girl bullying. While studying film at Pepperdine University, she had the opportunity to work on Tom Shadiak's acclaimed documentary, I Am. That experience inspired Lauren and soon after turned into a life-changing journey to the creation of Lauren and co-founder Molly Thompson's award-winning documentary, Finding Kind, and eventually The Kind Campaign which has directly impacted a half a million girls, mending friendships by giving them the tools to apologize, uplift one another, and step into their own power. Lauren has been honored with the Public Education Lifesavers Award from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the Open Heart Award from the Open Hearts Foundation, among many others. Lauren, wow, she is... uh become one of my favorite voices. She's just a a powerhouse. And the cool thing about this interview is that you get to hear about the things that she's done professionally and the social impact that they're making quite a bit, but you don't often get to hear the person behind that. And man, did she bring it with this conversation. You get to hear her strength as a mom and just so many beautiful things that she brings to the world. I think you're going to love her as much as the world does once you hear this interview. So please uh, help us welcome Lauren to the podcast today.
Hi, guys. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. We are Aww. so excited to sit with you. Thank you for having us your beautiful home. Of course. This is so, uh, <laughs> so good. The, the perfect bookend. Mm-hmm. And I've not got to spend a lot of time with you. We've spent a little bit of time together, yeah. but through our mutual friend network, so mm-hmm. many people count you as just such a wise, mm-hmm. sage, safe person. I don't know. Wow. I'm sure they tell you, but if they don't, they I know that I about always you call you friends. my sage. Stop. That's where you heard me. I said <laughs> that. I say that. Like well, you ditto. are sage. Yeah. And I remember this summer when we did our on-site retreat, um, several different people like you, it's all experiential and would have this one person sit in front of them mentally, like you just chose someone to play a role of someone and the amount of people that chose you to be that role of the person that would speak love and truth and goodness and just that they felt so safe with. I'm telling you, sister, you are, wow, set apart. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. That's like, and nobody's told me that about Mm. onsite, that that was an yeah. experience people had. That's so, yes. wow. That's so amazing. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, you were with us. That. Is, that, oh, wow. is that something you feel like you've got some awareness <clears throat> around, just that part? I mean, I since I was young, I, for whatever reason, always was this person that people came to with mm-hmm. their everything, you mm-hmm. know, to talk about the divorce going on at home yeah. or the eating disorder that they're dealing with, whatever it looked like. And we've talked about that, yes. how, you know, that's, been a role that you've played in so many people's lives and I love talking about life and experiences and just sharing all things Mm -hmm. with my people and strangers too you know it's definitely been a theme in my life is you know people coming and opening up about just anything that they're going through so yeah the last few years have been that's been a big important lesson for me is when I think that's something that I feel like it's such an important thing for people to realize is that it's okay to break up with friends too, right? I'm going a little off topic, but no, this is important. I think it's as important to be able to walk away from certain friendships as it is to find your people and to keep searching for them because they're out there. But you know, there it's this idea that you become friends with someone and you have to be friends the rest of your life, you know, because of, you know, loyalty because you met when you were 12 or whatever that looks like. But if something doesn't feel good, if a relationship feels toxic, it's okay to walk away from that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be drama. It doesn't have to be talking behind each other's backs. It can just be, you know, we lived this chapter together and Mm -hmm. I learned and you learned and, and now we'll go our separate ways and it's, it's it. And, you know, it's so socially acceptable to break up obviously in romantic relationships, but to essentially break up with a friend is this very awkward thing mm-hmm. that like you don't really talk about or even yeah. consider. Why do you yeah. think um, that is? I don't know. I mean, I think we place, well, we do this with romantic relationships too, but we place so much weight, so much of our identity in the people around us, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. You know, it's a good question. I have no idea why that's so difficult. But just the awareness that it's okay mm. to walk away, I think, is just yeah. an important thing to remember to think and about. I, I wanted them to hear that a little bit deeper because a lot of people that listen to us, we've interviewed a lot of people that are in a similar community or mm-hmm. in a community. And so we do get an opportunity to be with friends a lot. And yeah. we have people inquire about how do you do that? You know, yeah. okay, how, I, I'm 
intrigued by the community and the depth of relationships that you guys have. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not as immersed in it. I mean, some of the relationships, friendships are new to me, not as, as Ruthie and I have known each other for a while and, and Jed and some others, but uh, having one foot in it and being able to observe it, it is, it is special mm-hmm. and unique. And it's yeah. something that I want to be able to not give, it's, there's no formula for community in a sense, <coughs> but I think there is some DNA on what it takes to build good ones. And I think people yeah. assume that it's all easy to navigate and it's natural and it's organic, but it does take boundaries and yeah. thoughtfulness and mm-hmm. clear lines and figuring out what's your bandwidth and how can you best show up for you and the people around you. And yeah. I'm just curious your take on that. Mm. Growing up, like I said before, I was such a yes person. Mm. And I, you know, I feel like so much of my life, I I just would like bend over backwards for anyone and for anything. And, and I think, again, going back to being able to walk away from certain relationships, knowing when to say no. And you're going to have a healthy relationship with someone if you have a healthy relationship with yourself right. first, right? Yes. And that's the most important thing, yes. you know? And I I think we don't pay enough attention to that. And we dive into relationships when we haven't even really dove deep into the relationship with ourselves. Oh, yes. um, yeah, I think for me, you know, the older I've become, I feel a deeper sense of peace within myself mm-hmm. and gratitude for who I am. And that's been a journey, of course. I've yes. And I still, of course, have my fair share of insecurities and things. And But I really feel generally um, really at peace with myself. And, mm-hmm. and I really love who I am. And I felt that way for several years. And I think you know, there's no coincidence that as I've entered that chapter, I've f- truly found my people, yes. right? Like that's, I think back on previous chapters of life and, you know, maybe I wasn't fully myself and I was dealing with things and struggling in whichever way. And I look back at certain people that I surrounded myself with during those chapters and mm-hmm. it was very different. Yeah. Mm. Um, and there's some friends that have remained constant throughout, but, um, and they've grown too. Totally. Yeah. And like I said earlier, we've gone our separate ways yeah. and that's fine. Yep. And I have nothing bad to say about right. them. I like wish them well and I love the journey that mm-hmm. they're on as well. But it has been really special to step into this space where I just feel good and I feel confident and I, and I feel because of that, it attract when you feel that way about yourself, it attracts people that feel that way about themselves, right? Yes. And and when you have two people that come together and there's no agenda and you don't have there's that thing earlier, you know, you're not jealous if you're hanging out with my other friend and it's mm-hmm. just pure. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you find wholehearted, pure, yes. loving, supportive friendships. And, you know, we're living in a world that is tough, that Mm. beats us down, that makes us insecure on a daily basis. So I think to get to that place can be very hard. And so Mm. I think, you know, a lot of people probably find themselves in relationships that really mirror how they're feeling inside themselves. That's right. And, you know, so I think if you want to find a good community, friends, if you want to find a partner, it all starts with you and healing whatever that Brokennesses and mm. and again, this is always a journey. Of you course. know, I'm still on a journey, of, of course. course. But 
you'll find your people when you find yourself. Come on. I literally tattoo <laughs> that on my body. Come on. That is it. Well, it's interesting. I used to say when people would ask me that, I'm like, well, you just have to, you get good friends when you're a good friend. But totally. what I missed <clears throat> was to yourself first. Mm. Yep. And mm. that's that's been my journey of learning because there was a lot of codependence. I was just like, I would have done anything for anyone else, same. but I wasn't taking same. care of myself. Same, same, same. And as I've it's gone exhausting. on this, it's And I had the benefit, I think it would have taken me longer if I didn't have chronic pain. But that stopped. I was like, I can't do it. Like physically, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, and it's it stopped me first before mm-hmm. I emotionally caught up. Yeah, and then I started doing work, and I and it was that same thing. I'm like, I started falling in love with myself mm, and the goodness I that, that I have. And as I did, like the humans that mm-hmm. were collected along the way are yeah. people that feel like we. We speak so beautifully about each other, but we also speak really beautifully about ourselves. Yeah. And it's not in this narcissistic, mm-hmm. there, it, it's just, it's yeah. beauty and it's truth. That was not to just totally pivot, but that was my biggest issue when I was going to church and was a Christian and all that, which we can totally dive into yeah. that if we want. Love to. One of the things that was a big struggle with me was this idea that we are these wretched, yeah. s- sinful, I am not worthy of yeah. your love. Yeah. I'm like... I am awesome <laughs> and I am so totally worthy. worthy. Yes. I just did not connect with yeah. that. You uh, know, that feeling of just like you're crawling. Mm. You're like on your hands and knees, just like begging for the love. It's like, I am love. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, it's that was that was always a really difficult thing for me. I don't know why I went there, but. Well, no, but, I think it's, it's important because mm-hmm. we don't, and I had some similar experiences and I've had to, deconstruct my Mm -hmm. relationship with my faith and almost rebuild it. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we have to earn something that's already within us is such a myth. Yes. And what a disservice. Yeah. That it's, there's so much fear built, Uh, like talk about building insecurities into someone. You're talking about the like creator, the all loving Mm. universe, God. And it's like, you are not worthy. I'm not worthy of that. I'm this wretched creature. It's just, mm. a, it seems so the opposite of the intention, right? Yeah. And oh, it, in a sense, it unconsciously, it divides community instead of builds it. Yes. Mm. Because it's, you're kind of taking people's sense of self out of this, out of this modality of scarcity. Mm-hmm. And without a sense of self, there's no sense of community. Yeah. Just like what you were saying yeah. earlier, which that's a hard thing but a hopeful thing yeah because the one thing you can change is you Mm -hmm. and so it's just like what you said you know a lot of people ask us all the time they say what's what's you know the magic of what happens at onsite what do you guys do and Mm -hmm. i was like i can't wait to go yeah i gotta go i can't wait to to go either you know and one of the reasons i can't wait is when people special people like you say i can't wait to go i know that yes i I hope there's something that we (sighs) can offer you when you come but i know when people like you come it makes us better Oh my gosh, you guys, stop. Mm. That's so sweet, man. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. But when people ask what, you know, what do you do? It's, of course we have, we try to bring really smart people around the table and have a sophisticated clinical kind of modality. And, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just curating community, healthy yeah. community. So at the That's what end, it's all about. At yep. the end of it, you've got a bunch of strangers who didn't know each other seven days before and they're looking at each other like, I've never felt this connected in my life. Mm-hmm. And what we always want to say is what's well, actually you're, never had a sense of self like this yeah, and felt it with other people where you mm-hmm. got permission to be free. And one of the things I always love to say when people are finishing up is that the world won't feel like this to you. 
this mm. kind of curated safe bubble where you can be who you are, but you're going to begin to feel like this to the world. Mm. And I watched that happen over and over again when people so walk out cool. of there and it's such a beautiful thing. What a gift. Yeah. And when you leave and when you do this work, you community and connection is everything, but also for the longest time, I went outside of myself, like, fix me, make me better, make mm. me okay, let me be okay, or prove to me I'm okay. So I needed that affirmation. And now doing the journey and falling in love with my soul and who I was created to be, I am that person. So I don't need anything outside of me to make me okay. Yeah. So I can walk out the door and I have that safety within me. And then I have this community that I can go mm-hmm. to, but like the work is mine. Well, and what a beautiful thing to take the pressure off yes. your relationships, oh. right? That's, I feel yes. like with Aaron, immediately I noticed when him and I came together, just how fully myself I felt mm-hmm. with him and vice versa for him. And, and just feeling so proud of each other to just be who you are and to not put that pressure on the other person to be everything for me. Which they can't. You can't. No one can. No. That's what your friends are for. That's what you're for. <laughs> That's what right? you That's what for. like the trees are for. You yes. got it. You pull from everything. Mm. And one person is not going to oh. fulfill every need. And one of my favorite thing stories about Aaron is um, when I went to Machu Picchu with Jed. So I met Jed on his bike trip. We hiked Machu Picchu. Aaron, Y'all were friends. You just met him down there. That's not how you met. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. So we were friends for years and he invited a group of people Mm -hmm. to come on the bike trip and um, hike Machu Picchu. So I went and Aaron was invited to come as well. And he had work, so he couldn't come. Coming back from that trip, it was such a huge moment Mm -hmm. in my life. And Jed writes about it in his book, how it was just, for me, that was like the, that trip was the deconstruction and rebuilding of my faith Mm. and spirituality and what Mm. all of that looked like. Mm. It was like all of a sudden through that hike, trees were Mm -hmm. my church steeples and the sunset was the stained glass. Mm. It was like I took myself out of the building and I was like this, like the world is my church and the universe is God. Like that was, Mm. that was that moment. And when I came home, you know, he just, kept hearing about this amazing trip and how it was life-changing and all of us are talking about it. I mean, we still do. And still to this day, he tells me how happy he was, how happy he is that I was able to experience that on my own mm. without wow. him. And, and how if he was there, it would have been a different experience. We would have been arm in arm, mm. you know, we would have been mm. having our side conversations and maybe I wouldn't have had that epiphany or, you know, that mm. change in perspective and um, and how he's he's just so proud and excited that I had that experience. And um, and I just I, I love that story about him because and just to talk about the purity, like, yeah, just how love that's should the word be. I kept right. Thinking of. It's that's, so pure. That's the purest love. It's pure. It's it like is. there's no agenda. Like, right. I'm not jealous. No. I don't need to, like, be there with you every second. Like, you do you. I and. Yes. Something that you said reminded me of that. Oh. I feel like this conversation, we're going to go on. We're, it's going to be Tangent I City, which I love. I love this that. journey um, so much. That's my favorite. I love Just go. Just, yes. Let's just talk about all the things. But, mm. I, but I, I love that. I just, mm-hmm. him just saying like, I, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't there. As much as I wish I was, I'm glad that yeah. I wasn't because that was your journey. That's exactly what was supposed to happen. Yeah. And meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, uh, I think it's important to note that community, healthy community, is not when everybody's evolved and has arrived. Mm-hmm. It's, but that when there is a strong sense of self, um, any of us at any time can be broken share yes. insecurities of course. and Absolutely. be caught and held appropriately Yes, and not mm. somebody taking it, but allowing you to heal while they hold space for you. Mm. 100%. So yeah. I think people get that image a lot when they hear about people that love each other the way they do. And it's like, well, gosh, it seems so perfect. Yeah. And it, it, oh, it's not. It's not no, perfect. No. <laughs> no, no. Let me say like having a baby mm. brings on a whole new, uh. <laughs> You, Should we dive into baby yes, things? Yes, please. I'm a new mama. Oh. I have a one-year-old. She's the best. <laughs> literally that, that smile child. she greeted you guys with, it's I too much. I cannot. It's literally my soul can't take it. It is too much goodness. She's really oh, the most special. Truly. I have actually a lot of mom things that I'd love to share that I please feel like do. I didn't hear that I wish I would have heard mm. that if there's a mother listening, I hope helps you but to speak on relationships really quick and the fact that it's not perfect like I Aaron is my soulmate and he is perfect to me we have our stuff of course and you know the first year of a baby is like a whole new set of responsibilities and a new identity yes for me experiencing a loss of something Mm -hmm. and a, a, a gaining of so many things um, and navigating that mm-hmm. is intense mm-hmm. and a lot and I think we've done a really good job and we communicate very well but there have definitely been moments where we weren't on the same page or yeah. you know where it's either we're sleep deprived and that is we were talking about that, that before no we started joke. that is no I totally joke. understand why they use it for torture uh, yes. Exactly. It's unreal what it yeah. can do. No, it makes it can you take feel every, crazy. insane. Yep. Every coping mechanism you have, it can go completely offline when you're sleeping. It yep. physically hurts. Zero yes. tools Mentally, at your, your disposal. You're totally. Just so mess. like, yes, yep. that plus like life and your responsibilities and your job, all that yeah. compounding on top mm. of each other. Um, so whether it's being sleep deprived or like all of a sudden realizing you have different opinions about the way you want to feed your child, like little tiny things you would never even. Yeah. Just little pricklies. These are all such real parts Mm -hmm. of, you know, being new parents. And, um, but I think, I think something that him and I have done that's been, well, from the beginning of our relationship we've done, and especially we've had to like be intentional about since having a kid is remembering that, well, first of all, to hear each other, but realizing that, in stressful times, so you have a new baby, that we're not necessarily going to react to things the same way. And so it's not about changing each other. It's about talking about what that looks like Mm. and figuring out what the best solution is within that. So like, for instance, when something comes up, I want to talk about it immediately, Mm -hmm. right? And like deal with it. And Aaron needs space. Mm -hmm. He needs to decompress, be in his own head. And for me, I've learned that I'm okay to let him do that. I don't need to talk. I can step away and let him do that. For him, he really, like, he can't talk about it right away. Yeah. And so it's, like, little intricacies like that, that especially when you have a kid, are so important Mm -hmm. to really pick up on and listen to and 
hear each other and honor those things. Yeah. You, because can, you can almost get away with not paying attention to it until you throw something like that in the mix. Yeah. And then it becomes vital. Because exactly. we, we've got the same exactly. dynamic reverse and mm-hmm. that Vanessa takes a minute to process and mm-hmm. I'm ready to talk right away. Yeah. And we knew that, but it was like, we didn't really honor it. We just would kind of clash our way through it and bang yeah. off the guardrails. And then yeah. when you put another thing in the mix, this mm-hmm. kid, it's like, if we don't honor it, we're never going to talk. That's so profound. It's, yeah. it's yes, you can totally move through that. The minute a child comes in, mm-hmm. you're like, you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You got to have that, those conversations and be, and hear each other for yeah. sure. That's but, huge. What would you say has been the most vulnerable part of motherhood so far? Oh, wow. I have so much to say about being a mama. I'd say immediately after having her, the post labor recovery and all that was really brutal for me. And I did not expect it. Mm. I, I just, I guess I didn't have those conversations with people and I didn't do enough reading or I I don't know. I guess you don't know until you're in it, how it's going to be. And it's so interesting because I, you go through labor, which is the most intense thing I've ever done in my life. Also the most empowering. I mean, I felt like a goddess as well as you know, I was just like ripped in two. It's mm. it's the m- mm. most extreme everything. Yeah. And seeing your baby for the first time and just like having her on my chest. I mean, it's it's the most amazing, incredible moment of my mm. life. And then the recovery was really, really tough physically mm. and emotionally. You come home and you have this little human and like the love is so insane. Like you can't even really put words to it. It's just like this... I I don't even know how to describe. I would just walk into the room and look at her and start crying just like out Mm -hmm. of love. Um, But I felt completely off and was just, the first month and a half was really tough. Mm -hmm. I just, my headspace was really strange. I didn't feel like myself. You know, I was in that whole baby blues space, which I didn't even know what that term was until I was in it. And I, I actually texted my sister-in-law and I was like, Hey, um, after you had a baby, did you feel like kind of sad and weird? And did you have dark thoughts? And like, I'm like kind of freaked out. And she was like, Oh yeah. Intrusive thoughts. And you know, feeling like this is totally normal. She has six kids. She's like, I had it happen with six, all six of my kids. And, but I wasn't even aware that that was going to happen or could happen. And so when I was in it, I felt insane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were times where I would walk into, she'd be sitting in her or laying in her little, um, bassinet and I'd walk in and I would picture like the chair falling on top of her. Mm -hmm. I would see these dark things. Mm -hmm. And if you can like, you can't imagine then the guilt that sets in. And I'm like, wait, why would I see that happen to her? You know? And, Mm -hmm. and then two seconds later feel the most intense love and joy and like I'm laughing with her. And so those moments were really interesting. And I, it was hard for me because I have always had such control of my headspace. My Mm -hmm. whole life I'm like very even keeled. Like my voice is very monotone. Like I'm just kind of cruising. And I've never experienced, um, like even on my period, I've never experienced high highs, Mm -hmm. low lows. It's just always kind of here. And I, that was the first time in my life where I felt out of control of my headspace. Mm. And it was so scary. 
And I, it gave me such compassion for that experience mm -hmm. that people struggle with every day. And what I couldn't believe was as I was in that, I, you know, I went to Google, Google becomes your best friend. And like, whereas I used to be scared of all the mom blogs, I'm like, I love it. It is like, makes total sense to me mm -hmm. now because that community is so important. But I started looking up like, oh, I'm like having dark thoughts. What does that mean? And, and there's this whole thing about how when you have a kid, your instinct, your protective instinct goes into such overdrive that like you walk into a room and you see any threat of danger happen to your child because mm -hmm. then you have a response. Like you're like, yeah. okay, if that happens, this is what I'm going to do. It's this animal thing mm -hmm. that's actually completely natural right. within me that was just lit up because it was always living dormantly. Now I have her and there it is. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't aware of that even being a possibility though. So that was really scary. Yeah. And and so I just want to say to any mother or whether you're pregnant or thinking about having a kid or if you have one now, if you ever experience weird thoughts, dark thoughts, that unsettled feeling, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And something very intense just happened to you. Yes. And, you know, I, I woke up one day and all of a sudden I was fine. And it, and it was about a month and a half that I felt that way. The physical recovery was also very intense. I, I didn't fully heal down there yeah. until two months ago. Wow. Yeah, almost a year. Mm. Wow. Wow. And so this whole year was interesting in terms of like where I'm at within my own body. Yeah. Right, where, you know, I'm breastfeeding and, and still healing and just feeling like, like my body is not my own. Mm -hmm. And it's the most beautiful thing. And I, like, wouldn't change it for anything. But it's just a new space that has made me feel incredibly vulnerable, like taking that long to heal. Yeah, I was convinced that I was just ruined down there. <laughs> to be honest, I'm like, this is going to be interesting for the rest of my life. Wow. And just to be real, my doctor told me we might have to do a surgery down there. Yeah. Like this could be a really long journey. You know, it yeah. was scary and sad and like, oh, and then one day, just like with the emotional side, I like woke up and I was fine. So it's, it's wow. just everyone has their period of healing and mine took a while physically, but you know, as jarring as it is, you'll be fine. And, yeah. and you do come out the other end of it. Hey, y'all. We want to take a quick break from the conversation to tell you about the sponsor of this week's episode of the Unspoken Podcast, our friends at Nisolo. Yes, Nisolo is a sustainable brand committed to delivering handcrafted, ethically made shoes and accessories designed with comfort and functionality at the core without their traditional retail markup. I love how intentional this brand is. They are working to help combat climate change. And for every pair of Nisolo shoes sold, a contribution is made to help protect forests in the Amazon rainforest. Nisolo produces most of their designs in their own sustainable factory in Peru. And to offset their factory carbon emissions, they've partnered with the nonprofit Ecosphere to implement an insetting program. The program focuses on keeping threatened Amazon forests alive and protected while also creating sustainable livelihoods for its indigenous communities. Their work is so cool. And 
Not a lot of social impact companies have the results that they do. That's why I'm so impressed with them. And I love their shoes, by the way. But in 2018 alone, the Solo customers helped save more than 54,000 trees from being uprooted from the Peruvian Amazon. That's the size of like 62 baseball fields. Holy hell. <laughs> it's unreal. And one of the things I love about their branding is that the producers receive at a minimum beyond fair trade wages, health care, financial literacy trainings, and a safe working environment. We're so grateful to be partnering up with Nasolo in this way. We love what they're about and have been floored by their support of the Unspoken. And Miles and I are both huge fans and wear their shoes all the time. I brought you to the store for the first time yes, years did. ago when we first became friends. I've been a fan ever since. So it's so fun to partner with these guys and just be a part of the impact that they're making. So Nasolo is partnering with us this season to offer unspoken podcast listeners 25% off their first purchase. So go to nasolo.com and enter code unspoken at checkout to get 25% off your order of men's and women's ethically made shoes and accessories. That's N-I-S-O-L-O dot com and use Unspoken for 25% off your first purchase. All right, you guys, back to the conversation. I'm glad you're sharing this because it's, um, I want to be honest about a perspective from the man's side or the husband's side or the dad's side and that I'm not proud of this. My one of the things I'd hang my hat on, and I think you as a friend would even back me up on this, is that I am pretty patient. And when I started getting sleep deprived, that all kind of went out the window and I yeah. lost my kryptonite, like mm. my one of my core things that has helped us navigate our relationship so yeah. well when she needed it most. Mm. And I underestimated a lot of what you're sharing. She yeah. had the same experience. Still does some. It hasn't completely gone away, but she's okay with me sharing because we yeah. both shared this together publicly. But just the fear of what could happen. Yeah. And I've had it, but not near at the same level. Yeah. And I did a little, I wish I'd done the research way earlier because I discovered how real it actually is. Yeah. But I wrote it off to like, you know, just being an over-worrying helicopter mom. Mm-hmm. And I actually, through a, a stress response, you know, judged that. Yeah. And uh, didn't navigate it appropriately. And it's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I just, if you would have asked me years before I had a kid, I would have told you, I'm going to crush this part. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the most supportive. Yeah. And it stretched me to the very end. And yeah. it took, but I, it's, it's like anything else. It's not putting a baby into the mix of a relationship will deconstruct it. Mm-hmm. And then you get to build it back and it can make it stronger. Uh, but it's not really about where you mess it up. It's what you do to repair it. That's yeah. right. And it's given us such a beautiful opportunity to have these rips and repairs, rips and repairs, where we actually get to, I get to come back and become a better version, more empathetic, Mm -hmm. next level of patients and just more understanding. Mm -hmm. But people do not talk about this kind of stuff, the hard, hard stuff. You can find it if you dig in on the blogs, but there was a lot of stuff that people told me about becoming a parent. Um, and there was so much more that I had no idea about. Yeah. I've had that conversation so many times. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me that? breastfeeding was going to be really hard. Like I got mastitis three times in the first two months of breastfeeding, which if you don't know is a infection in your breast where it literally feels like daggers as you're feeding. Mm. You have 104 fever, the craziest body aches, like the, it's so intense. And, you know, I always envisioned it was going to be this like, 
earth mama gorgeous thing. I'm like flowing in my white dress and the, the whole thing. And I'm like crying as I'm feeding her, you know, and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, why doesn't anyone share this? It's, it's so real and important. And yeah. if I had known that, if I had known that I would go through a month and a half or so of emotionally, mentally feeling completely off, almost a year of physically healing, breastfeeding being really hard at first. If I would have known that that was, you know, a possibility, then I wouldn't have in those moments thought, oh, am I going crazy? Or like, you know, what's what's wrong with me? And mm. But I appreciate the communities that I did find as I was digging in like at 2 a.m. And mm -hmm. I actually posted about mas having mastitis and this sweet, sweet acquaintance of mine overnighted me this thing called pokey root, which I've been meaning to post this for a year because it saved my life. And so mm -hmm. I actually really want to share this. She was like, I dealt with mastitis so much. And this woman sent me pokey root. And if you put four drops in a little bit of water, the moment you feel symptoms come on, you will never get it again. I had symptoms come on probably five or six more times. I did that what pokey is root. It? It's just a like an herb. What? And I never got it again. Wow. wow. Yeah. And pokey so, root. Pokey root. Who knew? And yeah. it's fun to say. Po yeah. Pokey root. That is, yeah, if you're about to have a baby, make sure you get mm. that. It's mm. important. Mm. But I wanted to share that. I also have friends who've had babies who are like, it was a breeze and I healed We've so quickly and like, everything in between. you know, and, yeah. and, and that's beautiful it's, and amazing yeah. too. And can also is totally possible, but there's so many different mm -hmm. shades to this. And I think it's important to talk about all of them. Yeah. And we were, we were hesitant to, it's not to, to process, mm -hmm. um, the challenge of parenthood yeah. and relationships because we felt guilty initially because there's so many people that would give anything to have a child yeah. in camp. Yes. And it felt like, how could we complain about something that's this beautiful? Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is just like anything else, you, we cannot compare our stories to other people. Yeah. We can honor people that hope to do that that might not be able to, but we have to be able to process it because it's mm -hmm. our story. Yeah. And if we don't, we're going to hang on to a compound and the stress is going to take us all out so so that was a challenge of course and you know navigating that and then and then it's the most beautiful thing ever like that smile you know oh. that she gave you as she walked up and like the lessons that you learn through the most pure mm -hmm. form of a human that exists like there's yeah. nothing more pure than a baby than a little kid mm. and I mean I've already learned so much from her like just a couple of weeks ago, we were sitting at this cafe having breakfast, just me and her. And um, there's this older woman having breakfast right across from us. And she had these really intense scars all over her face and down her neck and her mm -hmm. chest. And I mean, some of the most intense burn scars I've ever seen in my life. And it just breaks my heart to think about what she must have gone through. And um, like I said earlier, story is such an extrovert that's so cool to learn things about your kid right mm -hmm. and she recharges with people like she loves meeting new humans smiling at everyone when she walks into a room like she feeds off that energy and I remember sitting there and I just kept saying in my head I'm like story please smile at this woman mm -hmm. and oh I just yeah I just like kept saying that yeah. in my head I was just because everything's new to a baby right yeah. like you never know like not Obviously, she wouldn't have any ill thoughts about her, no. but like she's never seen burn scars before. Mm -hmm. And 
she could have very well just like sat there and looked at her and processed it however she was going to process it. And I just kept, I was like, please, please smile at her. And the second she looked at her, she, like she always smiles, but she, like her eyes were closed. She was smiling so big. It was so sweet. And she, and this woman, you could see, she was so taken aback by it. And I don't know if that's because she was caught off guard by a baby reacting to a stranger that way, or if it's because she's been met with unkind stares and, you know, the things that she experiences as a result of what she Especially went with children, through with the children. Filter's not yeah, yeah, and... exactly. And oh my God, it kills me. So they're having this interaction. She's smiling and story smiling. And then this woman looks at me and she was like, she's such a nice person. Oh. She's such a nice person. Oh. Like the choice of the word person versus mm. baby mm. meant so much, right? Because I just picture her experiencing people the way she does it, yeah. whatever her story is and um just like her maybe seeing into her future and just seeing her as a kind person yes. and I just felt so proud of her mm. like just oh it was just such a cool cool moment and what was so cool about that too was seeing her that like again the most pure person that exists a baby and that was what lived inherently in her was to smile, yes. right? It wasn't seeing the scars. It wasn't yes. like questioning what's going on. Mm-hmm. It was just like, hi, you yeah. know, with the, with the sweetest smile. And, and that's what lived naturally in mm-hmm. her. It wasn't like leading with the questions and the what, what's going on. It's just yeah. like, what's up, yeah. you know? And I just, yeah, so there's the other side, talking about vulnerability. This is the longest answer to a question you've ever asked, I'm sure. There's, you know, tough things I've dealt with physically in my own body, and then just, like, having my heart ripped open in moments like that where she has taught me so much already, mm-hmm. like, to smile more, to smile bigger. Yeah. And that interaction with the soul, like, that's one of the things I've... I love that even because I words are so powerful and even if you're not saying them out loud I energy mm-hmm. is transferred and I'll like the other day I was like sitting across from this woman I was like she is hurting so bad like I literally yeah. felt and I just started like sending her so much love and saying like, the divinity inside of me sees and honors the mm-hmm. divinity and I just was like um I just kept saying things to her and she wasn't looking at me at the time and just sending her so much love because I just, I, there felt like a heavy, like a blanket yeah. of just pain mm-hmm. on this woman. And then we finally, we made eye contact and I just smiled at her really big. And I don't know, like something, there was there was a shifting, like something, mm. I don't know if she felt like, maybe she felt that love or if it was subconscious, she, I don't know, but I'm telling you, and I was like, it was so precious. It was this mm. tiny little exchange yeah you know and I hadn't said anything out loud I I just was looking at her and I smiled at her and I was just mm-hmm. like I just kept saying in my head like the divinity in me and sees and loves and honors the divinity in you mm-hmm. and I love that um yeah it was so precious mm-hmm. it was so beautiful it was just it felt like the most tender little thing I don't know it was I mean it seems so cliche to say but like a smile can literally save a person's life truly yeah earlier when 
we were hearing that story about baby story um, mm-hmm. and the way she saw uh, that woman in the cafe. I was just noticing how deeply you were touched and mm-hmm. wondered if you'd be open to sharing with Lauren or maybe both of us just mm-hmm. what touched you so deeply about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I even have necessarily words for it. I just, I know the power of that. Yeah. First, I want to honor like you even speaking those words in your head to your daughter, because mm-hmm. I think that is your heart. That is an extension of your heart, is which is why I'm so in love with you, because I love that so much, because you know, we know enough when you're paying attention, you see the pain around you. Yeah. If you're awake and you're paying attention, there is suffering and loss and pain mm-hmm. all around you. And I, I know that pain is universal. And even though you might not look at someone and see scars, they have hurt and pain and hers are tangible. They're on her face and her body. So everyone that sees her, sees her pain. And so usually sadly in this world, like I've watched, I see it happen all the time when there's like a physical deformity of any type, like people, they go away from, like there's just a physical. And so when someone leans in, and embrace it like this beautiful soul mm. that's just encased inside this physical body. That yeah. That's not who that person is. Their soul is inside. But mm-hmm. it's this physical barrier that often keeps people away. Mm-hmm. And pain makes you go inward. And when you're rejected, you go inward and you isolate and you feel alone and you feel... And that kind of human soul connection, that's like we're created for. Yeah. We are made for it. I know that that impacted her on a soul cellular level. I think so too. And I, I like, I think about her a yes. lot actually. And I, yes. just because their interaction was so sweet mm. and, and I'll never forget her reaction to story's reaction to mm. her. I hope that she had the awareness sitting there that like we were saying earlier, like there's nothing more pure than a baby. And for her to sit there and, and see that the most pure person without an agenda, without all the stories that the world tells us mm-hmm. about what's what, that the purest person looked at her and smiled and just Lights loved her. up right? mm. for you. And I hope that, I just mm. hope that she had that train of thought and that, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's, oh, that's cool. We, uh, when we were coming out here to spend a little time, we were trying to decide where to stay. And, and I really, you know, Nashville is getting more, certainly getting more diverse, but it's mm-hmm. not nowhere close to Los Angeles. And so I was trying to think about where can I expose my son at 18 months to people of different color and diff- speak different languages and, yeah. you know, where can he see that daily? And so we, we chose Venice because it's just, you just never know what you're going to see. Yes. There, I love that. It's so cool. And so I've been able to take him on walks every morning mm-hmm. and um, had a similar experience because the homeless population is very prevalent down there. And but what I like about it is that it's not abnormal. It's just you just expect that. And yeah. so therefore there's not it's them and us. It's just we're all here. Mm-hmm. And so you can mm-hmm. eye contact and say hello and speak. And there's nothing really <laughs> that to be in fear of. Or I never felt in fear. But still, because uh, we're adults, you look at life through filters. And something beautiful I've learned from my son, and it sounds like you've learned from your daughter, is that they don't have filters yet. Yeah. And they're seeing everything so clear and mm-hmm. so pure. And they don't just look at us that way. They look at the world that way. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how somebody shows up or what they look like or what they've been through. They see them at their purest form. Yeah. 
And I watched him do that as we would pass somebody who was homeless. And uh, he looked at them the same way he looked at me or anybody else. He made eye contact. And he's got this, he's just learned to say hello. And he kind of says mm-hmm. it with a French accent. I don't know why. <laughs> and I can't, so I can't do it. But it's like, it's the cutest <laughs> thing in the world. But he Aww. addresses everybody that way. Aww. And it was, so I was watching the eyes of some of these homeless men and women who we were just among walking you know, in the mornings and he would look at them and say hello and mm. uh, make eye contact. And for them, you could just see in their eyes to be honored that way. Yeah, mm. by a To child. be seen that way by a child, which I think is one, it, it's one of the reasons why I think it's so vital that we, we take time and go back and reclaim the kid and all of us. Mm. And yeah. it's not so much about the, it being a kid. It's just the part of us that saw the world the most purest. Yeah. That part deserves a voice. Yes. Mm. Coming Amen. back to the truth. Yeah. It's the, it's the closest, the like whatever lies beyond us, you come into the world and you are the closest to that space, right? Like, so just, yeah, it's that purity. I feel like it's just, you're like slipping into the world mm-hmm. out of whatever that looks like. Just mm-hmm. the most amazing, gorgeous yes. light, I imagine. Ugh, and yes. and then the world gets to us yeah. and things happen, but... Yeah, this is the purity of a child. It's just there's nothing mm. like it. Mm. I would love if you're willing to, for some reason it feels really connected to me when we're speaking of like the purity. And it's so different than a lot of the stories that we learned in church. And mm-hmm. I honor that I was a, a little behind you in, on my journey of this. And yeah. it's been such a, you've been such, again, sage, that word, but um, a soft landing for me as mm. I started doing, I think so often when you're hurt by something and it no longer serves you or works for you anymore, we can like go reactionary and shut everything off, which is what I did um, in my deconstruction. Mm -hmm. I was just like, no, 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 can't. That was so painful. That was so hurtful. This doesn't work. This doesn't fit for me anymore. I want nothing to do with it. And where, you know, I'm landing now and where I feel like you have just, um, articulated so beautifully for me and it's been such a just what I've come to believe in my quiet spaces and being in nature and experiencing on my own but I would love to talk about that journey of yeah and one time I want to share this one little story about an interaction with you like I when I was in college I was a part of like a pretty black and white Christian thing and Mm -hmm. one time I was with you after I'd gotten a response on like an Instagram story and someone that knew me in college I haven't talked to in like 20 years and who was very offended about the way I speak now and Mm -hmm. felt like I was just a blasphemous leading everyone astray I was a nightmare and she was praying for me because Mm -hmm. I have so lost and how dare I speak this way in front of people that, you know, all Mm -hmm. these, and I had dinner with you that night and I, it was interesting because my first reaction was like, look, but then I was like, oh, sweet girl, you're hurting. And I'm sad, not Mm -hmm. in a condescending way, but my heart hurt for her that Mm -hmm. it was like this black and white and just even your wisdom in that Mm -hmm. and truth in that was just such a helpful, peaceful, insightful landing for me. So I would just love to hear a bit about that journey and where yeah. you came from and some of your belief system now and how you see the world. Cause I love your lens. Oh, oh so much. Oh. Yeah. So I didn't grow up in a religious household. I'd say my parents are both spiritual and something I love so dearly about them and something I hope to instill in our kids is that they 
exposed us to every type of person and place and culture. And I grew up in Orange County. Going to church was kind of the cool thing to do, to be honest, and going to Young Life. And and I fell into first Young Life, which I have nothing bad to say. Young Life was the best. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually would send my kids to Young Life. Mm-hmm. I love that organization. And it's actually what saved me in middle school. Mm. That's a whole other story. But yes. when I was going through my bullying and yes. I was mm. suicidal and was in my darkest mm. place of my life, my Young Life leaders were my saving grace mm-hmm. and truly saved my life. Because I didn't, I'm the oldest. I didn't have any older brothers and sisters. They were my mentors. So I want to say that first. Yes. Um, I also quickly want to say, I was never hurt by the church. Mm. I fell out of love with it because I didn't, like the way I saw it hurt other people and judge other people. That didn't make sense to me. I personally never felt hurt by it. But some of the stories didn't fit for you either. Totally. Yeah, totally. So um, anyway, so I started going to Young Life, went to church, um, dedicated my life to Jesus and was like very deep in my my walk with Jesus and Christianity and all that. From middle school... And then it wasn't until I went to Pepperdine, um, and it wasn't until college, really, that I started deconstructing that. And really that Machu Picchu, Mm -hmm. I'd say it was a combination of Aaron also being on a similar journey and us kind of talking through all of that. And he was the first not-Christian guy I had ever been with, and we were kind of talking about what we believed and then going on that um, trip that really brought me to that place. But up until that point, I was definitely a Christian and, and deep in that. And I actually have lovely stories Mm -hmm. and experiences from that chapter of my life. And I built beautiful relationships and was able to, you know, through Young Life specifically, I was a Young Life leader all throughout high school and and college. I was also a high rollers leader. So through Young Life, they have a program for um, disabled teens and young adults. Mm -hmm. And so I was a Young Life or a high rollers leader. And some of my most precious memories are through that experience. Mm -hmm. But through that, through those years, I was always the person in Bible study that had the questions that got the very general response of like, you just got to have faith or, you know, like, and so many things just didn't add up to me. I didn't like the judgment. I didn't like people that I knew that I loved that felt hurt by the perspective that I think a lot of people have when you're in that faith. And kind of where I landed was I just, for me, I feel like I don't want to even be able to put words Mm. to what I believe. It feels so much bigger than that, right? Like Mm. I I envision God, the universe, love, whatever that, I, I do believe that there is something outside of us. I'm also open to there not being something. I guess that makes me agnostic. I don't, I don't know. I'm like, I'm open to anything. I don't want to say something's right or wrong because it feels too exclusive. Mm. You know, I, I'm, whatever your truth looks like is fine with me. But for me, I just, whatever God, the universe is, whatever that higher power is, it just feels bigger than any words or language we could put to it. And the rules and the fear and the Mm. guilt and all of that, it's just too human Mm. for God, right? And I just, it just never landed well with me. And religion in general, I think, I never liked the idea that there's this story that was told 
2,000 years ago, and then and then that's all there is to it. Like, th the idea of religion to me takes the discovery. Like, there's nothing left to discover. And mm -hmm. I want, like, I love picturing, when I picture God, I picture the universe. And I love it because it's, in my head, I see it expanding. Yes. And it's always expanding. And I want whatever I believe in to be always expanding mm -hmm. and including things and people. And I just didn't feel like that when I was calling myself a Christian. It felt, I've never liked the idea of I'm like what I believe is right and what you believe mm -hmm. isn't right. Kind of where I've landed now is I, I said this earlier, like trees to me, I like, I feel more spiritually connected, literally touching the bark of a tree <laughs> than I ever have yes. during a church service. Mm -hmm. So for me, like I immerse myself in nature and I go on mm -hmm. hikes and I just look out into the world to, to find that feeling that I think I was searching for when I was going to church. Mm. I love not having, like, rejecting certainty and, like, saying that it's okay to not know. That's right. To me, that idea is so much more beautiful and mystical mm -hmm. and magnificent and magical than saying, like, this is what it is. And if you do X, Y, and Z, then this is what will happen. Like, again, that just feels too human. Yeah. I don't want the answers. Mm -hmm. I like not knowing. Mm -hmm. I've found more peace in the unknown than I yes. did saying that I knew what was what. Yeah. And I, I trust that so much more. I trust that so much more. Yeah. It feels so much more true. Totally. It just felt too exclusive. I love yeah. the idea of just I'm down with anything. Mm -hmm. And I also, if that's your journey and if you're a Christian and, and that's where you find your truth, I'm, that's fine. I don't think there has to be one truth. Like mm -hmm. if there's a God, whatever that looks like, I doubt that it, her, whatever, him had this idea that everyone was going to be on the same page. Like we all have a different story. We're all living in different parts of the world mm -hmm. with different s stories and personalities and things. And it makes more sense to me that everyone would have a very different journey to find mm -hmm. the divine. Absolutely. That like that one person on one side of the world is going to look at that differently than this person, maybe because you live in a jungle and I live in a city. Mm -hmm. Like all those things affect the way you dig into that space. And so mm -hmm. I don't think there's one truth. Like I, I, maybe there's truth in all of it, you know, and everyone just kind of dips into the parts that feel right for them. And for me, what's felt right for me, or again, where I've felt the most comfort is just being open to anything mm -hmm. and just kind of rejecting that idea that I had all the answers. Um, it just feels better yeah. and it feels more inclusive. I keep going back to that word inclusive. The things, if I could mirror back to you what I'm hearing and also I would say that these, this is how my own feelings also, but the words that I keep coming up with are expansive, mm -hmm. inclusive. Mm-hmm. You haven't used this word, but your whole language is speaking. Um, it's filled with love. Yeah. Also, kind of, the podcast can't see me right now, but the whole, huh? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm down the, for that. Yeah, the question mark. Like, there's so much awe and mystery is my favorite. There's so, I don't want to, oh, like, say. just the stories from the Bible, as, as beautiful. There's so many beautiful lessons, and I, like, attribute a lot of, what I do with Kind Campaign mm -hmm. and my 
heart and being to those experiences yeah. in the church and with Young Life, t- truly. Totally. But I feel so much wider. Like the the hug is so much bigger when I just can't put words to it. Mm. I feel it in a different way. Yeah. It's, it's more exciting. I love that. Yeah. I love your also, I think what's become so foundational for me is realizing like my, my church's nature mm-hmm. um, and community, but nature and honestly being quiet and still in nature. Yeah. That feels like the most connected I've ever felt oh to gosh, whatever's same. bigger. Like even before our, our podcast earlier today, like I've been going kind of nonstop. I was exhausted. And I was like, I had like five or 10 minutes before they got there. And all I could find was a patch of grass this big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I turned off all of my music, all the sound, and I just got barefoot. And I just was like, I need to feel the earth. Yeah. I need to feel the earth. I yes. need to look at the sky with my feet on the ground and I need to feel connected to the earth. That's where we came from. I think one of the most dangerous ideas is that we were specifically within Christianity. I'll speak to you because I don't know what it looks like for other religions, but the idea that we were made in the image of God, I think is a disservice. Like that feels like a dangerous idea to me because Mm -hmm. in one respect, I get it because I could say we all have God within us and we are God like, but the image of God, like it puts us above the grass and the trees and the whales. It's like, we are the godlike creatures. And mm-hmm. I think that you can trace that to probably so many issues that we have in our society mm-hmm. where we'll just take whatever we can get because yeah. we are the most important thing. And like, I am the godlike creature. Like mm-hmm. I am made in that the image, the physical image of God. And that's another thing that I love about kind of stepping away from that space and being in the space that I'm in now is I see everything as equal and one and like we're all buzzing together like the atoms and every like it's all the same Mm -hmm. and I feel the soul in things in such a different way because of Mm -hmm. that like I like I feel the soul of a whale and a tree to me is like very similar like they're old and they're wise and they're deep and I what that means to me to like be on the ocean watching a whale to like be under a tree watching the branches move the way they do like I don't think I would have expanded and taken that in the way that I have Mm. had I stayed in the faith that I was in Mm. and because everything because again it's like it's not about it's it's all one I didn't feel that when I was called, when I called myself a Christian, again, I had lovely, amazing experiences though during that chapter of my life, um, and I wouldn't change it truly. But I just I feel a lot more at peace. Yeah, I love what you said about there's truth in everything, mm. which Absolutely. which means everybody kind of gets a seat at the table. And my yeah. hope is is that, and and I do identify as a Christian. Yeah. Um, but I have questions. I have more questions than answers. And I uh, also have had seasons where I deconstructed that faith, Mm -hmm. completely walked away from it, went in search of what was spirituality to me. And then it's really just been in the last few years that I've kind of come back in Mm -hmm. a sense. And I didn't know if there'd be a seat at the table Mm. for a more expansive view. Yeah. For 
not a rules-based mm-hmm. theology, but a relational theology. For me to disagree with your theological perception or interpretation of the way you read certain stories and yeah. me to be okay with not knowing what they mean. For me to have a lot of discomfort with a lot of what is mm-hmm. said in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I'm trying to find somebody to prove to me that I don't belong. Mm. And I, I haven't yet. I, yeah. If I look hard enough, I could. But for some reason, yeah. the people that are coming into my life right now that, that do believe in that way, that fall yeah. in that lane... They're accepting me in the way that you all are. Yeah. And all oh my I gosh, of course. All yes. I would ask. So they're they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I ask, and my hope is, is that th- that community. I don't say that community. I mean, we can't put all Christians in the same box. No. There's a million different versions yeah. of of beliefs. Is that we would provide the same generous assumption to everyone's spiritual path that mm-hmm. it's true for them. Therefore, the truth is okay. Mm-hmm. And I believe I got friends that are Muslim and agnostic and atheist, and I don't feel threatened by it. It doesn't shake my belief system. Mm -hmm. I honor it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I'm okay because it's working for them. And it's, it's, it's exactly what you just shared. If, if I hear, how can you argue with someone sitting in their divinity and saying, I feel more at peace? Yeah, I really that is, do. that's kind of the goal. Yeah. But well, and something that, something that you said reminded me of another, um, reason why, I kind of walked away from that and and do feel that peace is I would hear these stories and these ideas and I felt like I was picking and choosing the things that I was down with. I'm like, oh, that makes sense to me. That rings true, but I don't like this. And for me, I just came to this place of I just, I can't say that I believe in something that I, that I don't wholeheartedly believe in. Like, I I know what I feel when I'm in nature. Mm-hmm. I know what I feel when we're having conversations and Telluride about yes. love and the universe and all the things. And But when I was sitting in that space as a, as a Christian, I, I was really kind of picking in the, and choosing the things that felt good and leaving things out that felt ugly because that really, for me, existed, the, the ugliness. And, and I just, I was like, I... I can't feel like I'm living a genuine, wholehearted life. Like I'm talking about what I believe, like my foundation. Mm. Everything stems from that. And if I'm picking and choosing the things that feel right and just leaving out other things, it just that just felt too broken mm. for me. And it just didn't really ring true. I love being open to the possibility of anything. Yeah. Like in kind of stepping away from the this idea that I had it all figured out and this is this is what this looks like. I'm open to maybe I was a cat in a past life. Like I am so down for it. Like I'm not saying I believe that. Right. But I also don't not believe like I'm maybe that is the truth. Like in Journey this of in this souls. Yeah. <laughs> Journey of souls. In this idea that anything's possible, being open to that, being open to what like maybe there were past lives and what did that look like it makes you more in love with everything else rather than just the humans right and it just yeah again puts everything on that equal playing field Mm and yeah I like I like the idea and I bet if we talked I know because you and I've done this I bet if we talked about what we value spiritually Mm -hmm. there would be almost no separation. No, um, we're all totally. we're all going towards the same thing. Totally. And and I, but I, I like the idea 
recently. It's just where I am now. It could change, but it's where I am now. That I can be within the umbrella of an identity, but yet be undefinable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's a that's a tension that I'm trying to lean into more because mm-hmm. I have. I've literally talked to people since I've kind of stepped back in this path, and where I've had people use the Luke, your lukewarm Christian meaning you're more dangerous than an atheist because you yeah. don't believe you picking and choosing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, who got to decide? that that was okay or not okay. Yeah. Who said, who, who got to define that imprint? Yeah. That we mm-hmm. couldn't uh, interpret things differently and mm-hmm. look at things differently. And so, and for me to sit in a conversation with someone like that who could say, and I, I recall this very clearly, it wasn't that long ago when somebody let me know, when I said that's my viewpoint of faith is I'm identifying it this way. Mm-hmm. And when I first got back into it, I didn't identify as Christian. I just said, well, I like the teachings of Jesus, and I'm learning that all Christians aren't scary. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, but then I started studying a little bit more and just kind of getting involved. And I remember him saying that to me. And for the first time in my life, I didn't have contempt in my heart for him. Mm-hmm. I had empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I didn't, and I didn't look at him in, as a oh, poor guy, you know, yeah. he's so scared. I just look, I think he's, this is his way of caring about me. Oh, right. totally. It's he's, coming through the lens of judgment, yeah. but he's genuinely, what he knows in his lens, he's yes. generally trying to, and it might be like, oh, he's trying to bring me closer to his belief system, which yeah. I'm not big on. Yeah. But in his way, it was his way of trying to care. Mm-hmm. And I could see that. Yeah. I saw just enough of that to be like, okay, that's all right. Yeah. You know, send me, you know, what do you got on that? And he sent me a book. And of course, I didn't read it. I don't want to read it. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. It was his way of yeah. trying yeah. to do something. Yeah. But I think that's I, beautiful. I, I like breaking down constructs and not being defined just because you're under an umbrella, or else we could all say, well, we're human. What does that mean about us? Yeah. Who the heck knows? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so, anyway, spirituality is just so. And I love the mystical side. But the same is a lot of Christians would listen to this and hear the way we're talking about nature and our love for mm-hmm. one of my favorite things you said. I got chills when you said when I was in Machu Picchu and it deconstructed my faith and I looked up and suddenly I saw this, the trees as my steeple. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, that, <laughs> that hit me right. um, because nature is my medicine. But if yes. they, you know, a lot of people would hear that and think, oh my gosh, they're the tree huggers. And yeah, we would get like, put in a, that's some pagan shit right there. <laughs> right? Like, what the... <laughs> But it's like, that's the most, that's like. hmm. Don't put anybody under the umbrella and try to define them based on an identity. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when you say nature is my church, people can make up what that means about you. And I know there's way more to you. It doesn't matter, you know. So I, yeah, I, I think spirituality is just such a beautiful, inclusive connector when we yeah. treat it that way. Yes. Well, and also feeling okay with the old me because I was scared. I walked away. I was like, I can't tell people what I really because like mm-hmm. this is you know my old framework was like that is wrong and that's bad and I'm gonna be and now like me being at peace in my soul is all that matters yeah so me speaking my truth I have no my brother honestly is the purest human I've ever known on planet earth period end of story and he is steeped in the Christian faith and I don't question his love his yeah. relationship it, it is there's a purity and a goodness that I will net he's the first person I'd go to for advice yeah when stuff happened in my marriage he was truly the only person I told everything to because mm. I knew that if we got back together he would love him and not judge him yeah I could say all the hard things but I knew that he would always lead with love and he would not 
and his lens is through Jesus. And I love that. Yeah. We love each other and he respects me mm-hmm. so much. Like it's all one. I love the idea that there's just truth for everyone. Absolutely. Yes. Whatever that looks like. Yes. You know, it I doesn't. I love that. And I, I think I love Jesus. I love things. Like, yes. I'm like, I, there are so many things. Like, I feel a connection. Mm-hmm. Now I'm about to get real woo-woo. But like, like I like one of my <laughs> guides go is yeah. Jesus. And yeah. I, he's not the only one. But like, yeah. I like pray to for vision and wisdom and guidance and love yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. But I also it's expansive. It's yeah. not just that. I'm not trying to scare people, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, and I want to be clear too that in this space that I stepped into, I am also totally open to yeah. Christianity being the truth. Yeah. That very well could be the case. And that works too. And yeah. I would hope that at the end of my journey, if that is the case, that I'm not going to be judged and sent right. to hell. And, you know, like I think we're all going to end up together in some way mm-hmm. or maybe not I don't know but I have no idea what's mm-hmm. what's I heard a I heard a term last night that I really liked because I've people have asked me about on-site and mm-hmm. we a lot of people in the faith community lean on us as a resource a lot of people dumb we've got as many orthodox Jewish uh, folks that come to us as we do Christians and everything in between, and yeah. which I love. Mm-hmm. And so people will say, are you faith-based? And I always say, we're not faith-based, we're faith-inclusive, meaning we don't exclude people for what they mm-hmm. know and don't believe, but I we believe that. spirituality is important. Last night I heard, I think it was last night, the term faith-neutral. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. isn't that cool? Yeah. I've not heard that before. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it's kind of general neutral. I just like that we're evolving language mm-hmm. that feels like more people get a seat at the yes. table. Yes, everyone has a seat at the table. Yeah. yeah, everyone is welcome, and that's what I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about this conversation, aside from all the wisdom bombs you've opened up uh, mm-hmm. around faith and parenthood, and just is that often you know, where we're trying to go is to get to know the person behind the profession or whatever it is they do or they've done. And sometimes, uh, most of the time, we have to state that in the beginning and or find a way for us not to talk about what we do. Because I think Mm. the first 90 seconds of every new conversation and what we do is going to come up. Yeah. No, 90% of the time in the first 30 seconds of every new conversation, we talk about what we do. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things we get to do at, at Onsite is you're there for entire week and you never reveal your profession. Mm-hmm. And I just need to affirm you in that we mm-hmm. didn't say a word about that. That's crazy. And I didn't not, even realize that. We've not said, you've made <laughs> one it's mention. profound. One well, mention yeah. of what you do. And, um, yeah. and it's not that what you do is not one of the most beautiful things oh, ever. I do yes. want to at least spend a couple minutes no, on it before to. we finish. Yeah. But I just think it just speaks to who you are. Mm-hmm. My respect just grew a little oh. bit that we just spent an hour talking about you. Yeah. And sometimes we have to dig to get people to get there. Mm-hmm. Like who is the person behind? And I feel like we've just gotten such a great mirror into you. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Kind <laughs> Campaign at all. Well, thank you. That's mm. This has been such a cool conversation. Well, and I and I love that because... 90, well, all of the podcasts I do are about Kind Campaign. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's nice to just chat about life and ideas and all the things and, and not get into the nitty-gritty yeah. of the day-to-day. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, no, I'd love for people to know about Kind Campaign if you don't already. So um, my co-founder Molly and I founded Kind Campaign um, 10 years ago. Actually, this year is our 10-year anniversary, Crazy. which is insane. Mm-hmm. We just celebrated that last week. Um, Congrats. Thank you. That's huge. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but yeah, so we run a nonprofit um, that's all geared around a conversation about the way girls treat one another and mm. bullying between females um, and really trying to encourage healthy friendships between girls and women. And so it actually all started with a documentary that the two of us made. We went to film school. And um, again, this was 10 years ago before bullying was a conversation at all. There was nothing being said. There was no programming in schools. There was nothing at all. And, um, you know, I had a really traumatic experience in middle school. Um, Molly had an experience in high school. For me, that middle school experience, truly part of what got me through that was this idea that I would use my story one day, or not necessarily use my story, but use that experience to shed light on this issue. So growing up, every single job I thought about was always with this idea of how could I create a platform um, to shed light on this issue. Mm. And um, ended up in, in film school, um, worked for Tom Shadiak on I Am, and was just super inspired by mm-hmm. that format of film. And wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah such a fan he, of his in that film. Oh, and he's... I meet him a time or two, but just such a special human. I didn't know you worked on that. So wow. actually, the place where I was inspired to do that film, which is what then turned into Kind Campaign, was the valley floor of Telluride. And it was the first group of students that Tom ever brought to Telluride, which it was 11 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. And so I was working on I Am, and I was like, this is the perfect way. I'd always had a camera in my hands. I love film. And then I'd always had a heart for social work, humans, bullying between girls specifically, and felt like that could be a perfect way to shed light on that, to share that story. Mm -hmm. Um, So Molly and I started shooting interviews, had no idea if people would be down to talk about this, because again, there was no conversation yet about this. And it was really through those initial interviews, we just felt like we were kind of popping the lid off off of something and women were just waiting to share this story and um, not accept this as a rite of passage to change the conversation, to support one another. That's when we kind of looked at each other and we're like, this could be more than just a film and this idea for school assemblies and um, curriculum came into play. And so for the last 10 years, We've been traveling the world and doing assemblies in schools. And Molly and I, on this, this will be our 15th tour, which we actually start on Monday. Wow. The second assembly on that tour will be her and my 500th assembly that we've done. <sighs> this is a year of milestones for us within Kind yes. Campaign, which is just really cool and hmm. crazy to think about um, how far we've come. But those assemblies take place pretty much every day of the school year now around the, the globe, um, led by faculty members, um, volunteers. We have a volunteer program. We have kind club, over 600 kind clubs across the world. Oh. And um, I didn't know it was that big. Oh, she's a boss. I mean, I knew it was incredible. They are, that it's size. incredible. The numbers. Oh, yeah. you got to be proud of that. I am. And I, yes. and I love saying, like going back to like, love yourself. Yes. Like I am really proud of myself mm-hmm. and I'm proud of Molly and like what we've accomplished and these assemblies are are amazing. I'd love for you to come to one one oh, day. It's unreal. Count me um, in. 
it's a two-hour program. It looks a little different when they're led by faculty members versus when Molly and I do it, but um, we show the, that documentary that we made lives at the heart of all of our programming. And we do these very simple tools with them. Um, they watch the film, we have an interactive conversation, and then at the end of the assemblies, we have everyone write a pledge. We have girls come to the front of the room and share their pledge. And then everyone writes an apology to somebody which is my favorite part of the entire yes. assembly, just giving girls the opportunity to just make amends and to own up mm-hmm. to what hurt they've caused mm-hmm. and realizing that apologizing is healing for the person, but also for you uh, as well, so that you don't have to carry that yes. guilt and that that's an option. Mm-hmm. You can say, I'm sorry, and it's going to be a beautiful thing for both of you. So they write these apology cards and we ask them to hand it to the person after the assembly, but a lot of times they can't wait. They just get up and like run to the other side of the room and hand someone an apology. And it's so cool to just see those friendships mended right before your eyes and conflicts resolved. And then there's other activities we do and, and all sorts of things. But, um, but yeah, the programming's all free of charge for schools. It has been for the last five years, which we've been really proud to be able to, to provide that. And, um, yeah, if anyone's interested, I'd mm. love for you to bring Kind Campaign to your community. Yes. Yeah. I want it in the school I grew up in. I'd love to come St. speak Francisville, there. St. Francisville. Yeah. Where my daddy was the superintendent. Yes, we've talked about this. Oh, I would, love that. Oh, my God. I can't. Mm. It's so precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's pretty is awesome. The, is the, the pledge something that they're pledging for themselves that they hope for, something they pledge on behalf of other people? other girls. It looks differently. It looks different for everyone. So the idea is that you're making a pledge related to the issue in some way. So what that looks like for some people is I kindly pledge to be kinder to myself, or I kindly pledge to ask for help when I need help, Hmm. or I pledge to not talk behind my friend's backs. Hmm. Um, So it, it looks different for everyone. And actually something that's been really cool is, you know, being in this space, this girl world space, obviously like we're living in a really cool time where women are using their voices in different ways and supporting each other in different mm-hmm. ways. And to do kind campaign during this chapter of womanhood is just like very cool. Mm-hmm. And to hear how the pledges have evolved over the last few years wow. was, has been really cool. Mm-hmm. So whereas for the first several years, I mean, they're, they're all different and unique and amazing, but the difference being that in the last couple years, you hear girls stand in front of their peers and say, taking the moment for the pledge to share their story a little bit. So I'm out and I'm gay and I'm proud. And like, and if you don't have someone to talk to, like, I want you to come talk to me. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many moments like that, that happen now Mm -hmm. that we didn't hear happen, um, in the first few years of kind campaign. Um, and just the types of things that girls are talking about, it, I think it really mirrors what's going on in our society, just this kind of shift that we're all experiencing. And the girls are experiencing that in their hallways too, which mm. is really cool to see. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the, that's pledge, the pledge is them coming up and, and sharing something. That. And then, oh, and then we have the kind card. We um, After the apology, everyone writes something kind about somebody. Um, so a lot of times they're writing it to a friend. And my favorite kind cards are when someone's standing and they're reading a kind card to someone that they don't even really know that well, Mm. but their art really inspires them. Or every time I see you, you're, you know, holding the door open with a smile and that really brightens my day. And 
it's so cool to have the perspective that we do because we're standing on a stage. Like, I'm that person that comes to your school and does an assembly. It's so weird to think about that, like me being that kid mm. with the assembly coming to school and um, standing there on the stage and looking out at this sea of girls, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-old girls, and seeing all the clicks and all the things and um, to just see the faces of the girls receiving those kind cards. Mm. Like, I didn't even know you saw me. Yeah. I didn't know that you knew I existed. Yeah. It's just, it's such a cool thing to to witness those connections. Absolutely. Well done, it's sister. Powerful. Thank oh, you. I am proud to know you. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm so honored to get to call you my friend and to learn from you and to sit in your wisdom mm. and to share this life with you. It feels like such a freaking privilege. So thank you. Ditto. I love you so much. Ditto, ditto. And mm. I can't wait to get to know you better, Miles. Yeah, You're just same. like, I've heard nothing but just the most amazing things about you and your heart and your spirit. And I just... I, I'm really excited to get to know you. Same. Over Thank all the years to come. Same. Yes. In Thank this you. beautiful family that we live yes, in. Yes, indeed. What um, a gift. You made a couple mentions or references to, um, I know one time you said there were activities in your life. I think, uh, what was it you mentioned? You said saved your life when you were in middle school. Um, young life. Yeah, like young life. You said young life saved mm-hmm. your life in middle school. And then you mentioned being bullied, which we didn't talk yeah. a lot about that story. But if, based on what you know now, mm-hmm mom um pioneer that's transformed i get emotional thinking about how all the little girls lives mm-hmm. that you've transformed mm-hmm. uh and, and on and on and on uh based on what you know now if you could speak a kind card to you at that age oh what would it say i love that question <sighs> um i'd say lauren you're gonna be okay I know that this feels like your entire world and that your school hallways feel like your entire life. It's so hard to see outside of your current experience and to know that there's so much more to your life, that there are people that are out in the world right now living their own lives that you don't even know exist right now, that you're going to meet one day and become best friends with, Mm. that there's just so much love and so many beautiful experiences in store and that when you need help and you feel like you need to reach out to someone, please do. Because I, I didn't really do that and I, I have an amazing relationship with my parents and they were so helpful, but I didn't tell them a lot of what I was going through and it mm. led me to a really, really dark place um, that I wish I could have told myself to ask for help, to know that this is just one chapter of your story. Mm. There's so much ahead of you and that you're going to be okay. And then the kind of existential side of me wants to not say anything because I needed to go through that hurt. And that's such a part of my journey and my story. And as much as I want to protect that younger me and just like hold her so close and tell her she's going to be okay, just let her do her thing and experience the hurt and the chapters where I didn't know myself and I was wrapped up in the wrong things and the wrong people and all of that because it's all a part of my journey and 
brought me to where I am now. And that's not to say that everything's perfect and I have it all figured out because that is absolutely not the case. But I worry that if I were to even share something with my younger self, that everything would be different. Hmm. I wouldn't be sitting here. So I guess that's two answers to that. So good. (laughs) So good. Thank you. (gasps) Look at that rainbow. That's not just a rainbow. That's like. What? Wait. Y'all, I want to cry. To give some perspective, we are sitting in my living room. There's a big window that looks out over the city, and there is a huge. (gasps) Wait, we need a video to do a story the day your thing comes out. Like, that is the literally in the center of the. Of the window. It, the colors are That is the, pu- like, purest. Wow. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I guess I tell my little self, there's a rainbow at the other end of this. Mm. You're going to be good. You're going to be so <laughs> good. And you're so good. You're so I want, good. I do want everybody to hear that because mm. I think uh, we do have a younger audience, too, that listens to a lot of what we say. And, and a lot of them want to change their circumstances. And what you're going through has value. Yes. Absolutely. It yeah. is. Thank you for doing that. It does. That. Yes. Make up fake love, make them all laugh Come on, someone, take off your mask It's nice to me Thank y'all so much for being with us today. We know your time is valuable, so it truly means the world to us that you would spend your time and energy with us. And thank you for being willing and open to walk right into the tension of saying the unsaid. The music from our podcast is from one of my favorite bands, Oliver Riot. And this song is called Alcatraz from their EP, Hallucinate. I cannot speak highly enough about these musicians and friends. Check out their beautiful music on Spotify and online. And a huge thank you to Chad Michael Snavely and the team at CM Studio who edit and mix the show. If you want to learn more about the Unspoken Podcast, please go to theunspokenpodcast.com for show notes and more information about the guest. And feel free to follow us on Instagram as well at the Unspoken Podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe to keep getting more inspiring conversations with incredible people delivered straight to you. And for those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, please consider supporting the show by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We can't wait to share with you all of the upcoming conversations with some really special people. And we hope these fill you with the hope that we might all find connection, healing, courage, and the strength to leave no important words unspoken.